Patrick, what did you think of The Matrix? Uh, I thought it was okay. Like, I think one of the things that we and Beth were talking about afterwards is that, like, I think that I would have been less annoyed by it if I thought it was just shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. If I'd walked out and been like, that was absolute garbage, then I would at least have been like, okay, well, yeah, it was it was garbage. But I think what annoyed me about it really was that there were lots of things in it that were very close to being a good film. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, So we'll um, start off and we'll try and go for as long as possible because I know a few times when we've reviewed things in the past, people have said they felt we've jumped into spoilers too early. Oh. So Patrick and I would try and discuss this as long as we can. But one thing I would say is that it's the fourth installment in a trilogy that's been around for 15 plus years. So if you're interested in this, you probably have seen it already. It's the first thing. And the second thing is that this is an installment which is heavily tied into the previous installments. So it is kind of hard to discuss what makes this interesting without discussing spoilers in the film itself and possibly spoilers from the previous trilogy. That's my opinion. I mean, you, I think I feel like you're definitely going to have to do spoilers for, for, for the first three films. I mean, there's a statue of limitations on this shit. hundred percent. hundred percent. The Matrix is older than some people I work with, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, okay, so non-spoilers. Uh, what I would say is, um, I suppose there are some good performances there's some there's some good actors in it, and I think that they give good performances. There's several new characters who I really like. Yeah, well, I say newish, newish characters who I really like. Um, and but the biggest downfall here for me is that the action is is bad. It's really bad. Like it is, it's really bad. So and, I'll tell you something. I've seen I've seen a lot of people jump to the defense of this, and not just people online. People whose opinions I really respect. I, I don't know if you... Do you know um, Half in the Bag? Red Letter Media? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them. I don't know if you've seen their review, though. It's one of the longest they've done in a long time. And they both absolutely love this. And one thing I found quite interesting is they have, for me, given it way more credit than it deserves. And there are people who are saying the same things they're saying who are reading into certain elements of this. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but... So, so things like, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, it contains lots of actual footage from previous movies. And Red Letter Media was saying that that's actually a send-up of other franchises that lean too heavily on nostalgia. And I don't think it is. I think the laziness you see in this movie is not a critique on laziness or genre building or franchise building. I think it is laziness. I think they are deliberate. I wouldn't say manipulative, but it's definitely trying to target that nostalgia. I, that's what it came across as to me. It didn't come across as a funny jab. There are funny jabs. For instance, the fact that Warner Brothers is mentioned by name and the, and the fact that The Matrix is an IP in this film. But I don't think things like the use of previous footage is one of those things um i disagree i think that the thing is what i would say is i would compare it to uh metal gear solid 2 so like when i first played metal gear solid 2 i didn't think it was a very satisfying game and then as the years passed and i really dug into it what i realized was that it's not supposed to be a very satisfying game it, that he didn't want to make a sequel to metal gear and he was told he had to so he made the same game again and then towards the end he's kind of like 
are you satisfied with this? Is the, are, you enjoy, are you enjoying this? You, this is what you wanted, isn't it? It's the same thing again. Are you having fun? And the answer is like, no, it's 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 not as good as the first one because it's the same thing again. And I've already played that and it could never be what the first game was. Yeah. But what I've always thought is that whilst that's very clever, I think it's a weird choice to be all like, hey, I'm going to make my thing shit so that you understand that sequels are shit. Yeah. Um, and I fully believe that this is some this is a movie that was like trying to pastiche sequel culture and that that's those elements are purposeful. Um, but I, what I would say is that not all of those worked for me in the moment. Yeah. Um I think the issue that I had really was that like I think that this would be a better film without any action scenes. Mm. Like, I quite like a lot of the stuff that they have in this film that isn't action. Uh, I quite like, there's there's a lot of conversations that I really enjoyed in this. There's a lot of static scenes that I really enjoyed. There's kind of a contrast between when they're in the Matrix and when they're in the real world with uh, very choppy kind of camera work in the Matrix and very static camera work in the real world, which I think really works as kind of like... You know, there's a character, there's a point where a character in this is like, you know, they're talking about how the 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 real world is like karma. And I feel like that is really represented very well. The problem is that The Matrix is a franchise that is built on inventive action scenes. Yeah. And this doesn't have any. No. In fact, it has action scenes that are much worse than almost any film I've ever seen. Yes. Like, I can't see what's happening. And I'm even willing to accept that possibly that's on purpose because they don't like the idea of having action scenes in Maybe. it. Um, okay, so you know what? I, so you've raised a good point that I'm going to, I think, expand upon. And so I'm going to say now, people, look, we made it six minutes. It's spoiler territory. We're sorry if you... Oh, wait, wait, to... wait. No, okay. I can do I can do most no spoilers. Okay, um, go on. I'll come back. So, so what? Good performances, bad action. I think it's relatively well paced. It, uh, it it didn't feel it didn't feel really long to me. It sagged in the middle, but it felt overly long to me. Uh, it sagged in the middle, but I think a lot of things do. I think it really suffers from a lack of clarity in places that other films, especially previous Matrix films, have it. So, like in the previous Matrix films, there's a lot of clarity about like how this works yeah. we need to do this we need to get here to do this and this film doesn't have that well i've, I've said it before so it means that the, the first film one of the most incredible things about it is nearly every line if not every line is exposition like every hmm. time someone talks they're either answering a question or asking a question and if you're asking a question the the character next to them immediately answers it yeah so by the end of it you know what the stakes are, what the rules in the world are, who is every person in proximity to Neo. And it, it's all done perfectly. And like, like you said, I feel sometimes this film feels like the opposite of that. People just talk and I'm more confused than I was at the start of the scene. So Yeah, and, and especially stakes wise, like there are there's a there's especially you no know, one notable bit in this where I was like why are they doing this? <laughs> where, where, what is, what is, like, what is, why, why, why do they need to do this? And like, and it was presented to me like, oh, we've got to do this thing. We're gonna, we're gonna do the thing, otherwise. And and I was just like, otherwise, what? Like, and what are we like? Why are we, why are we doing this? Like, and that I think is is really difficult. Like because that, and especially towards the end, it sucks. Kind of the it sucks the tension out of out of some of the final scenes because I was just a bit like. I don't know 
why the characters are doing this <laughs> yep. stuff. And like that really kind of like takes away from it in a way. Yeah. And it's and it, it also it's it's right at the end and it's during some moments which clearly should feel triumphant and big, but then I was a bit like, but what did we do? Like yeah. what, what 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 happened? And I think that that's that's the really big failure. And the other really big failure is that there are several ideas in this, which again, we'll get into in spoilers, but there are one or two things in this, which are fucking fascinating. I agreed. And I and think we're probably just... talking about the same things, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that gets hinted at and it's like, whether it's visually or just even the concept of it, you're like, expand upon that. Oh, you're not going to. Yeah. And that is, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest missed opportunity for me is that there are, there's a couple of ideas in here, which I think would make, for an absolutely spectacular Matrix sequel. Yeah. And then they just kind of go, ah, forget about that. Let's <laughs> let's let's rehash plot from the first movie. Yeah. Um and and yeah, and that's the other thing is that structurally, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it shares too much in common with the first film. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm I'm willing to accept the idea that this might be a clever play on on sequel culture and reboots and stuff um but it's not satisfying to watch in the moment yeah and so and so i think that that kind of like and again i'm also willing to accept like i i enjoy reloaded and revolutions more than a lot of people do but i definitely enjoyed them more after i'd watched them several to over and over again and thought about and read about them and i'm willing to accept the possibility that i will like this more on a fourth fifth viewing after reading a bunch of articles about it and watching some reviews because there are elements like there are i definitely think there are things in the second one and the third one that i didn't get and then when i went back and rewatched them and read about them i was all like hey that is what they're doing and that's clever um, and now I like them more because of that. So I'm not, I'm not discounting the possibility I, I like that, that I might I like grow to like this more. I like that optimism. I don't <laughs> share it. Um, and All right. How long? How long's that one? That's, that, that ten, like that's ten, minutes. ten minutes. Let's do it. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's the best we can do. So yeah. So there was, as you said, there was spoiler territory now. Spoiler territory. If you haven't seen it and you intend to see it and you don't want us to ruin it for you, jump ahead to what's really good this week, and we'll see you next week. If you don't care, or if you have seen it and you want to know how we feel, we're in spoiler territory now. As you said, there were several ideas, I think, that just had great potential. I don't think we really played with. One of them, and I know why you why they did it, and I'm not blaming the creators for this. I love the idea of both Trinity and Neo basically being reskinned. And so yes. the fact that Trinity has a great line where she actually says she played the Matrix game. And thought, wow, doesn't she just look like just like me? And someone laughed and she was like, huh? And that scene would hit a lot harder yeah. if you didn't see Carrie Ann Moss's face. If you saw the face that everyone else saw, you would understand why that line works so well. But because we're so used to Trinity and Neo, it took a minute to be like, oh yeah, wait, everyone doesn't see her the way we see her. And I know obviously you don't hire um, Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves to deep fake them for a whole movie. I know you don't get that, but I wish maybe we'd had more of the mirror scenes or over the shoulder shots from other people just briefly where we see what everyone else sees. I really like that idea and you only see it once or twice in the entire film. 
I think that's, yeah, that is definitely one of the two things that I was like, this is such a fascinating idea. And especially with how the Matrix series always plays with identity mm. and, and knowing what's real. Like, we don't even see what Tiffany looks like. No, we, we see never a brief even, like, um, warped reflection of her in a coffee table. Yeah, and that's it. And, that's like, it. so, and, and I, I, the idea that she is seeing Carrie Ann Moss but the rest of the world is seeing something else. So when she goes, hey, that lady in the game looks exactly like me, everyone else is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You're, you're, you don't look like that. That's fascinating. And we don't even get to see what everybody else sees. No. And, and like, we only get the briefest glimpse of, of, of Thomas Anderson. Um, in fairness, we get a bit more of that when he's like on the roof and stuff. But like, yeah. there's like, it's not enough no. of that. And that's such an interesting it's a idea. Great idea. I loved the drones. I think that's a really cool update of the the way that agents either possess people or use people to their advantage to catch the revolutionaries. Yep. The annoying thing for me was it was almost that that fin- the finale where Neo and Trinity were on the bike. It was almost on the kind of cusp of a zombie scene. Yeah, and I wish maybe they'd they'd lent into that a bit more because I think visually you could really not to the point of pastiche or being cheesy but I think in just in terms of terror and the dread it could have filled you with they were so close but it really just was this kind of just big mass of people that didn't really I think when it got close to it was when their allies were being swarmed in the car yeah that had some really terror and you know you kind of felt like they were running out of ammo and they were being overpowered there was stuff like that was like oh this could be great you could kind of play in the zombie thing but they didn't really do much with it and then once again, like you said, even though that idea is great, they don't establish what the stakes of the are these things sent to no, like, j- just disarm you? Do they knock you out? Are they meant to kill? Because they were feral. But once again, because they were all eliminated on the train before we actually saw what any of them could do, I don't know how scared Neo should be. Yeah, well, and that's the scene where, like, where are they going? <laughs> like, where, well, like, where, like, like, I really enjoyed actually that final sequence right up until she rejected the program and and freed herself and then the two of them were in the coffee shop and they held hands and forced everybody else away and i was all like this is super cool yeah and then and then they got on their bike and like rode off and i was just like to where like and, and they were like riding through all these zombies and like and like there were those there was that bit with the zombies like jumping out the windows that's such a cool idea that's yeah. really, and like what you said oh that was a great like, idea like they're getting overwhelmed they're getting overwhelmed in the car and it's like but like where are they like what are they doing? Yeah. Like what like like where are they? And then they go up to the roof and everyone else is like, oh, we've shot all the zombies in the street, so it's fine now. <laughs> and then like and then Neo and Trinity on the roof and they're all like, oh well, but now it's trapped on the roof. And I was like, trapped from what? Yeah. By because what? it's like the whole film like, that their operator has just popped up as an avatar at several points and been like, Oh hey, this neighborhood is swarming with our exit points. Just go there and I'll get you out. But for some reason, all of a sudden now he's depowered and there's no exit points in it. it yeah it just seemed a bit and maybe he can't get the exit points because of the swarm yeah do you know what i mean like may- maybe that's what's happening and but like even then like the original film is so good for being all like you get in like this you're out like this you have to get to a payphone to do this and it builds tension using that yeah and this it feels like they can just go in and out whenever they want to right up until suddenly they can't and even then it doesn't have the fucking the, the the intelligence to show us how they got out after yeah. that. 
So like what like so what after they flew away, like again, I really liked the bit where Trinity catches him and mm. she's the one flying. I thought that was really cool. I did, but I also saw it coming a mile off. The minute he couldn't jump off the ground, I was like, Trinity's gonna be able to fly. But where are they flying to? <laughs> because it cuts directly from her flying away with him in his hand in her hand to them just leaving the matrix. And it's it's just like, but how do you how do we get in and out now? And another thing that's never explained is I like the idea that they've had to subdue and tranquilize Neo because clearly he's still got this rebellious nature and there is something below the surface that knows that this world isn't right. And so he's had these episodes and they've managed to convince him that it's a struggle with mental health. But another thing that gets touched upon and never explained is so when he jumped off the building and a rooftop full of people saw him jump off the building, what happened? Oh, well, I thought that that was... My assumption there was that he jumped off the building and either... It doesn't really matter what happened. He either flew or died. But it makes no difference because, like, you know, like, when there's the office attack and then suddenly he's just all like, whoa, and then he's in the psychiatrist's office. Yeah. They're all like, oh, none of that ever happened. I assume it's just that, that something happened. He either, he either fell off the building and he either flew or, did, or, or fell. He, yeah. It doesn't really matter. I guess, but then my point is... The reason, I guess, yeah, from his perspective, it doesn't matter. But then we were shown that he revolutionised a bunch of people and, and awoke a bunch of people. So what did they see? Well, uh, my guess would be... You know what I mean? Because it wasn't a previous him. incarnation of the Matrix, was it? It was this incarnation of the Matrix. So even if you can reset him, and you know what I mean? It just feels like sloppy on that on that side to me. Like it went somewhere and you're just not going to bother to figure out where it went. Yeah, my guess would be that Bugs saw him fly and that's the thing. That, and, and then they took her memories of it, but that's the thing that she knew was wrong. Yeah. That she could feel that something had been changed in her memories and that was what radicalised her. What I would have appreciated more was what what woke Morpheus up because it seemed like it was looking in a mirror. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and you know and what I the thing is? I, I love the idea of Neo creates a Morpheus also maybe realises he maybe needs a Smith. I don't know if it's for balance or whatever, and makes them the same person. And I yeah. think that's a really great idea. You gave it to a really charismatic and talented actor. And like you say, it's a shame that he's Smith for three minutes and then decides to be Morpheus. It would be great if, I don't know, there was like, so when you look at someone like Superboy, the fact that he's half Lex Luthor and half, yeah. and half Clark... And he's mostly Clark, but every now and then someone maybe pushes him over the edge and his eyes flare up a bit and you think, wow, this guy could level a city. And it would have been great if they went some direction where he was Morpheus for most of the movie and then, I don't know, towards the end, Smith kicks in and he's the one that sabotages. That would have been great, you know, to yeah, play well, with Yeah, I think that. it's really interesting that they didn't ask Lawrence Fishburne to come back mm. because cause Beth, Beth was like... Why couldn't why didn't why didn't Morpheus want to be in it? And I was all like, oh, they didn't ask him. And she was like, what? <laughs> because in in her mind, it was such an obvious. Oh well, we can't get Lawrence Fishburne, so we'll have to replace him with somebody else. Yeah. So the i the fact that they chose to do that is really weird to me. That's one of the elements of the i i read that as it's a sequel, it's a reboot type thing. Morpheus has to be in it. The the Warner Brothers say Morpheus has to be in it. <laughs> But he's got no purpose in this story. Yeah. So they shove Amorpheus in and then he's kind of there. And but he's not really got anything to do. Even when he's delivering his lines earlier on, he keeps just delivering Morpheus' lines and then being like, ah, oh, that wasn't great, was it? I'm, yeah. I'm not doing a great Morpheus. <laughs> and then he just kind of disappears a bit halfway through yeah. and isn't really very important. There's, there's, a, that, there's a great I, was... I mean, you talk about the fighting, there's a great moment in the fight when you can clear you can tell that the choreographers didn't know what to do. So Smith just throws him off the balcony <laughs> and yeah. everyone else yeah, fights. He just, 
Yeah, and in fairness, like he's got a couple of the actually good action scenes. He's got that bit where he's shooting people without looking at them in the hallway, yeah. uh, and he has a couple of good like flips and stuff yeah. that I actually quite. Bugs has some good has some good wire work as well. Yeah, she does. Um, it's it's got so the other thing that me and Beth and my dad all agreed on is even compared to general action films, this has too much Stormtrooper aim in it. There is too many scenes in this where they are running down an empty hallway with no cover and five people are shooting guns at them and nobody's getting hit by any bullets. Because that's the thing, even in the original Matrix, when Neo starts to believe and he levels up and they storm that building, it's badass and you have, you know they're going to win but you still believe that if one of them pops their head too far out from a column or mistimes yep. a jump, they could be killed. It feels like a firefight. It feels like there are stakes to it. And the original is really careful to have bits where people get hit by bullets and grazed by bullets because you would, and it has an impact on them. And to have a lot of, like, when when you have the market chase in the original one while he's running away towards the end, after he fights the agent in the in the... Uh, underground yeah. after he fights Smith in the underground and then Smith comes back he's like I can't fight him again and he runs and he is running round corners and he is dodging behind things and those things are getting hit by bullets and in this it feels like every t- it feels like every time when somebody fires a gun the the bullet just disappears yeah. and and that that I think is that's a that's a real weakness but again you know maybe maybe that's maybe that's the point um, yeah, I don't maybe. know so in terms of things that were disappointing to me, the other things uh, that really bothered me were they have those two cute sentinels on the ship with them, and they're like, and they're like cute, friendly sentinels, and they rescue him, and he says thanks to them, and then he like bop, bops his head against one of them, <laughs> and they are super cute, and I really <laughs> like them, and then they're just never, never seen again. See, this is so that that could be a movie in itself because for me, first of all, it's. A- I guess it makes sense, you know. Neo and the monster, the Sentinel Buddha, <laughs> came to an understanding, yeah. and there was no more war between the machines and the humans. So it definitely makes sense that yeah, you would move forward, pro- coexisting as species and 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 progressing and and sharing resources. So I would love to have seen that explored. But then for me, once again, it's like okay, well then, if you're at peace with each other. I mean, I still feel like there's questions and that. I feel, I feel like, so, okay, are we still just agreeing to be born into the pods? Is that, are we cool with that? I mean, but that's another thing. But then yeah. I feel like, so if, if that harmony has been achieved, I still don't understand why there would then be conflict within the Matrix itself. And that's a big part of the sequel that didn't work for me. And like you said, it's probably to say, it's probably to make light of the fact that, hey, some sequels just don't make sense. Warner Brothers want, wants money. But it did bug me because I felt like, okay, this conflict, I feel like there are ways you could make six more Matrix sequels and you could create conflict within them. This didn't do it convincingly for me. I thought that was clear enough. So Neo made the deal with the robots mm. and then for a time there was a version of the Matrix that allowed people to leave if they wanted to, but there wasn't enough electricity then because there weren't enough humans in the Matrix. So then there was that intra-machine war that Neo told us about, mm. which, and at that point the Oracle and Sati's dad, who were kind of the new architects of the Matrix, lost that war to Barney from How I Met Your Mother. And, and, and so then at that point, he built and he took over the new Matrix and he started making it more in prison-y again um, and, and purged out 
a lot of the other programs who were willing to be part of Neo's deal. So now you've got some programs who understand what the deal was and who still believe in it, like uh, uh, Sati, growing up Sati, I can't remember her character's yeah. name. Uh, um, and but but then the main part of the Matrix has now been taken over by a program that has a similar ideology to the original Architects, which is Barney. Um, I uh, I take back my previous statement. Thank you. I think that, like, I the, the thing is, I, I I get that. The problem I have again is that what I was saying. One of the things I was thinking about is that, like, it it isn't clear enough. Like when my dad was asking me questions about it afterwards, I was like, I think it's this. And like <laughs> again, like you said, in the original Matrix, it is crystal fucking clear. Yeah. The robots want the humans for this. The people want to get out. This is what we're doing, and this is why. And it doesn't have that. It is a bit like, oh, I guess there was a war between robots and, and you know, I mean, like, and I, like, I, I understand that that's what the story was, I guess. But again, like, I'm very, like, a lot, I thought one of the things about this was that a lot of it only really required knowledge of the first Matrix film. Like, it wasn't, like, it did not reference Reloaded and Revolutions that much, really. No. I guess aside it, from... It, funnily enough, vaguely references online for, like, a second. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it briefly, and it does briefly reference, like, like they talk about the viral agent, which I assume is Smith, and they talk about Neo's deal with the machines, and they talk about the end of the war. Now it's a flashback of that, but there's nothing from Reloaded. Mm. Like, there's there's a there's a brief clip of him in the architect's room with all the screens when he's talking about who he is, but there is there is like there is no oh, and I guess the Merv's in it, yeah. But there's no like no. I mean, it's, it's interesting little... that their choice of archive footage of the Oracle is the first Oracle. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that's and that, that's what I expected. I expected this to require knowledge of the first Matrix film, but not necessarily the second and third ones because they're less popular. But I, I I was surprised by how this one seemed to be a bit like, "Hey, remember the Matrix and the Matrix Revolutions?" Yeah, and that was a bit like, like, like Which also like, it, once again, it's funny because if you're then going to be making fun of the current state of franchises, surely a good and easy way to poke fun, at, let's say, an MCU is the fact that it requires an encyclopedic knowledge of a decade's worth of movies. And you yourself yeah. have that. So I'm surprised they weren't even shoehorning cutscenes from the PS2 games in there, I'm, you know? Yeah, I was surprised by that. I thought that they would they would make some sort of reference to the Animatrix or the or, or Enter the Matrix or, or the comics. Here, yeah. <laughs> and I was surprised that they didn't have any footage from any of those things. I also thought, and I know that this is like a kind of a thing, but like the fact, like I like the idea that they, that the, in the, in the, in the matrix, the matrix exists and it's a game, not yeah. a film. I'm fine with that. One thing really bothered me. We didn't see any when they were being the all like, well, we did. We saw footage of the old, of the first film and they went, look, here's That's the game. Your game. Yeah. And, I was, and I was like, <laughs> what fucking game is this guys? The most what, annoying what, thing 2000? is, as you know, and as a lot of people who follow this will know, they have just released a tie-in tech demo with Unreal and Epic Games. You couldn't have got them to make some cutscenes for this film from film. Like you have the technology to make a damn near photorealist. Like, don't just show me footage from an actual film and say it's a game when you've partnered with a games company. Well also, like like what like what what like I know that this doesn't matter because it's all a simulation, but what years are these supposed to be taken care of? Yeah. So now we're in the Matrix. Because obviously the original, the original, they think it's 1999, 2000. Yeah. But we find that it's probably closer to like a thousand years 
late, late night or something. And like. Smith is like, this is the peak of your civilization. Yeah. And actually, I, I think that like the idea that 1999 was the peak of human civilization, especially in the West, is, is pretty prescient, actually, <laughs> yeah. as it turns yeah. out. Because, <laughs> you know, um, but like now in the Matrix, it's like 2020 and they've all got smartphones. And, 4K televisions. And, and 4K TVs. But they also apparently had photorealistic UE5 <laughs> quality game engines yeah. 20 years ago. And it's a bit like, you know, like that was, you know, when they were talking about the games, that was the perfect opportunity to have a little joke there where they showed footage of Enter the Matrix and was all like, this is the most successful game of all time. Yep. Like that would have been <laughs> yeah. really funny because obviously in the real world, it, it, I mean, it's not a flop. It's, it no, but, but from like, when they expected it to be, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, like that would have been the perfect opportunity to be all like, here it is, the greatest game ever made, and show some footage from Enter the Matrix. Yeah. That would have been really funny. And instead, they just showed footage of, of the film. The film yeah. And they were like, here's, here's footage from your game. And it's all like, like, and it, I don't feel like it takes a lot of video game knowledge to be like, that's not a fucking game, is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a film. Films and games are different. <laughs> like, um, the other thing that really annoyed me, so like the other idea, and this and this is small, but like, so when he gets out of the out of the pods, he's like that guy comes up to him and is all like, "I'm a neologist, like I study you," and then 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 they never mention it again. Um, the idea that you could meet a his, that you could be a historian and that you could meet a historical figure who you've studied and have the opportunity to talk to them is fucking amazing. Yeah. That's a fascinating idea. And I would have killed for just one scene where that guy got to ask Neo his questions and where he had like wild misconceptions about things because they didn't have the information or where there were bits of it where they'd like cleverly pieced together really oblique information, but they knew about it because they'd drawn from several sources or something. Have you ever seen Tales from the Dark Knight? No. It's uh, one of the last episodes of the original run of the Batman animated series where three kids... Oh, yeah, where they, yeah, where they tell the stories about Batman. Yeah. Yes, I have. And that's, that's it. And you can, fucking awesome. I, yeah, and yeah. You, you, what you've just said, I think, is brilliant. And I would love to see that. I would love to see that maybe some people think of him as Superman, some people think of him as God, and some people are like, no, he probably had machines or something, and that's how he was... You know, like, Everyone's got these weird misconceptions of who or what he is. You know, one thing I did like, actually, that I thought was very subtle, but I really... I thought, okay, actually, that's good writing. I like the fact that even after meeting him and becoming close to him and seeing him do loads of things, Naobi was like, I still don't believe in the one. I think that's actually <laughs> realistic. You know? uh, yeah. I, in fairness, I, I, again, I really, I really enjoyed Naobi. I thought she was, I thought, I thought she was good. Um, I liked old angry Naobi. Yeah. I like I, I the fact gone. that someone who was a young rebel is now kind of become the establishment. And yeah. his old man screams at Cloud. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked that Zion was gone. I really liked the stuff she said about how Morpheus had just not been able to let go of the idea that, that Neo had fixed everything yeah. and that that had led to problems in Zion. That makes total sense to me. Um, I thought that was really... I thought I did think it was an odd choice to have Io in this film. Yeah. Uh, because they're mirroring the structure of the original so closely that it would have made sense to me if this hadn't had the city and if it had just been on the ships. Yeah like in the first movie. Um, so I think it's interesting that as a choice that they decided to put Io in there, especially when it doesn't really factor that heavily into the story. No. In- yeah, because I think if I think I think basically it's a good tool for where you go when you're on the run from the agents or something. But then I feel like even then you could have just created, I don't know, 
a VPN in the Matrix or something. Mm. And like, and I liked um, the 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 weird ball set ball things that let the programs live in the real world. I quite like that bit where they went to the where they went to the garden and they were all like, "We're growing strawberries with our robot buddies." And yeah, that like, was cool. It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but actually, like, there was a level at which, for me as a fan of the franchise just seeing where the world's gone in the time since the last movie was satisfying. And I liked that. Um, I was surprised that we didn't get more, like that only Niobe and one guy's granddaughter, like that there wasn't, like I was surprised that we didn't get an old version of the kid. I thought the kid or... was going to be the mayor or something. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like he's leading the army now. Yeah. That kind of thing. I was surprised that the that more people, but I guess maybe they, they were all in the big pile of candles because they all believed in Morpheus too much. Yeah. Maybe, so, yeah. I mean, and, and and I'd buy that because he was. I mean, he was I mean, the kid, the kid is probably the person who wrote the Bible that the neologists study. So yeah, I did think that also there was a little bit of like, so they don't know that he could fly, but in this opening sequence, Bugs recognizes Trinity's escape from the heart of the city motel. Yeah, but then don't don't forget, like, it's probably that thing of because you see the way that that reconstruction looks. So it's probably a thing of like we said you've heard he can fly, but is it true? Or did it just mm. become a thing where it's been added to reconstructions or certain people saw you do something? And they... So I think it's the thing of, yeah, they know in canon he can fly, but how much of that is truth and how much of that is the legend of Neo? Yeah. And then there are little bits like, uh, so at the start, he's making a game called Binary, um, which obviously a little bit on the nose, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, and he's... Um, and he's and he's like he goes to, when he goes to speak to his boss he's like I know that it's over budget and then they're talking about him coding for it but they also talk about updates like is and I know that it, and again I know that this is nerd stuff but like is that game out is it out is, or not yeah I was thinking well, is I, it like I got the feeling he was supposed to be working on DLC for it or like ongoing updates because it's an online game maybe yeah. like maybe he's I, like, that was he's my feeling it was supposed team. to be DLC and then Warner Brothers has just said no one cares about the DLC. Let's just repackage the Matrix because the anniversary is coming yeah. up. Okay, so in that case, that's a good see. Let's get into the meta yeah. sequences. I I really liked that. I really, really liked the bit where he was like, well, Warner Brothers say <laughs> that we've got to make a sequel to the Matrix and they're going to do it with or without us. So I guess see, I, I did. I did like that. And I don't know if you noticed, in Smith's office is a bust of Smith being punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, with his face all wobbly, yeah. If the film had been full of stuff like that, full of stupid Easter eggs in the background, I think I would have really enjoyed it a lot more. The idea that Smith owns all the hot toys of the Matrix yes. is super funny to me <laughs> somehow. Like, um, especially because those are real figures. They're the actual expensive figures. Yeah, yeah I think, well, that's the thing, because that, that Trinity... Like, the Trinity re recreation oh, of her yeah, jumping—that's—I'm yeah, like, pretty sure that's literally McFarlane's figure. I don't even think mm. that's a, a prop. I think that's the McFarlane figure you could probably buy on eBay nowadays. So yeah, it's like it's beyond meta, and some of it works really well. I kind of it, the the scene with the frat boy executives really took me out of the it. The thing is, I assume that that is just what it's like to have to be in one of those pitch meetings and that was them making a bitter angry sequence of that yeah like i thought it was really fascinating that they were like 
that they had that bit where they were like the number one word associations with the matrix are fresh and innovation and this is not that at all yeah. and then they just remake the same movie again i thought that was really interesting i i'm confused like there are a couple of elements of this io and but especially why is christina ricci in that scene because she's it really takes you out of it i, I love her i would watch her in anything but it did i was like but she's not in it. No. She's <laughs> in one scene. Like, yeah. and she's a brilliant actress. And so, and as soon as she showed up, and I wonder again if, you know, I'm not sure how much intelligence were attributed to this, but like, as soon as she showed up, I was like, well, this person's going to be important because they're played by a famous actor. Yeah. And then she just wasn't in it <laughs> So I don't know. So it feels like that's... the whole point of her role was to be like, hey, Christina Ricci's in this. End of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that, and that I kind of thought was funny and clever. Um, I loved when they handed him that book of research and we're all like, here's the Matrix for research. And then, yeah, and then I thought that bit with the way they were big, where he was like, that bit where the guy was like, oh, the last thing I want in my movies is a recommended reading list. I like my action movies, big and dumb. And I was like, fuck you, guy. Like, <laughs> I, I fucking love having to read a book of philosophy after I finish my movie. Like, um, and like, and that's the thing is that like all that stuff really worked for me. I thought that was really good. Um, in terms of other stuff, like the guy from Mindhunter is awesome. He's so he good, a and great I that I felt sorry for him because he's so charismatic. He and Keanu Reeves really play off each other really well. Like that scene yeah. where they're discussing the reboot, you feel like Keanu Reeves can feel his skin crawling when he's around this guy. And you yep. feel like that guy knows it, but he's like, well, you work for me, so you're going to sit here and listen to me gloat. Like, they both play that scene brilliantly. So for me, it's a real shame he's just a reskin Smith. I would have loved to see him play a new foe who had a deeper motivation. I don't, I just felt like... <sighs> I liked him as reskin. I like That was one of the things that really worked for me. I liked the the idea that Smith had evolved into something completely different and was now... Like and and he's rather than being the villain, the bad guy, he's just this kind of anarchic force. And he's like, one minute he's all like, "I'm going to have to kill you," and then the next minute he's all like, "You know what? Maybe we can be mates." I don't care. <laughs> like literally, I have no interest in what you're doing anymore, you know, because you know, like I've got my own shit going on. Um, I loved the sequence where the sprinklers went off, and he walks in, and he was still. He was still that guy. Yeah. And then he picked up the gun and was all like, Mr. Adam! I loved that. <laughs> I thought that was so good. Like, And he, I thought, played all of his scenes perfectly. Oh, he was great. I thought that he was really, really, like, I thought he was brilliant in all of the bits which he was in. I was really happy when the when when he turned up at the end and was all like, hey, I'm your friend now. Fuck it, who cares? <laughs> um I thought he was brilliant, and I think that him—he's the—he's the good thing, the best thing in this. I think so. Um, I liked Bugs, but I did not feel like she. She didn't got really feel like do. a person. She felt like an exposition machine, which is a shame. And also, like Morpheus, she just kind of like just kind of got shoved out of off this edge of the screen at some points yeah. where it was a bit like, well, like Keanu's now, Keanu's in now, so uh, let's let's forget about her, which annoyed me because it set it up like she was the protagonist and then just totally let go of that really, really quickly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I it's a sequel. But, um, and, and once the, again, and now, now my head hurts because now I'm like, maybe that's a commentary on how you 
do you have instead of you know giving this this screen to a young female actor who could deal with the break you instead keep wheeling out these older white male actors who've been around for decades and who always get the sh- I don't yeah. know I don't know if it was a commentary or just a, a coincidence well and also in about the idea that in all like sequels and reboots they're always all like here's our cool new character she's poochie like here's our cool new character you're gonna love them oh actually wouldn't you rather just watch the same shit again? yeah um <laughs> and that I thought like and like and she was like she was cool like I I, I little side note but I really, really liked the bit where he was waking up and she said, What's up, Doc? to to one of to the doctor because she's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I thought that like I, I like that. I thought it was that was neat. That's a little bit of Warner Brothers yeah. f- f- cash there. Like, you know, if it wasn't a WB movie, they couldn't do that, could they? Um yeah, like she was she was like I thought that most of the rest of the crew were kind of bland and forgettable. Yeah. But I mean, they they are side characters, yeah. um, so I'm not. Which is that why I was actually quite that. impressed. The horde didn't rip them to shreds at the end. I I thought that the whole reason yeah, they've been created. That... <laughs> yeah, well, that was the other really weird thing was that like, for a movie filled with kind of like disposable background characters with a horde of zombies, everybody just survived. Yeah, and that one was, of, that was one of them even really says like, one of them even says for sure Neo's going to get us all killed by the end of this. Yeah, but they and then, survived, and then, <laughs> and then they just they just didn't. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, and like, I thought that like I liked that he's I liked his slightly impotent version of his powers from Reloaded. That like he's not quite got all of his powers. Like he can kind of stop bullets and he can push things away, but he's not he's not working. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, I thought that that I thought that was interesting. You know, it's funny actually um, when I was, I really I was watching it. Suit. When I was watching it second time, was my friend. And that scene on the roof when Leo just keeps swiping the projectiles away, I was like, does he not have any other moves? And my friend was like, if you could dodge rockets, wouldn't you just keep dodging rockets? And I was like, yeah, fair play. <laughs> yeah, like, why, 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 would, why would you use any other yeah, moves? Yeah, um, <laughs> move is pretty effective, so yeah. I really, I, as always, like like the first movie, Like, I feel like it teases you with the idea of the one for the whole movie and then never really shows you what they can do. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's something that was very much the case in the first matrix film, but then you watch reloaded and they are like, well, I mean, how valuable is being able to punch everybody really well anyway. Yeah. And it's a bit like, oh, well actually it doesn't solve a lot of our problems. So that's, that that's fine. I really liked as soon as Trinity got her power, she was all like, oh, I'm fucking ready for this. And then she was just <laughs> awesome at having the powers. And Neo was a bit like, oh, I guess I'll take care of this cat while you're breaking people's jaws. <laughs> like, um, which I guess brings us on to Barney from How I Met Your Mother, yeah. who I thought was okay yeah which is a shame because um, i really like neil patrick harris i think he's very charismatic i think he can play i mean this is a funny thing to compare it to but when he played himself in harold and kumar he's very good at playing douchebags and yeah yeah i just don't know if it was him or the direction i definitely know, know that there were some scenes that were supposed to be super hammy but i don't know if all of them worked as intended I think what's fascinating about Neil Patrick Harris is how he can give essentially the same performance as he would in a comedy, but just subtly tweak it to make it incredibly creepy. Yeah. Like, I really, I really like that he seems like kind of like the same guy he does for in a fun comedy, but in this, he's just horrible. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that, I think he's a good actor. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, I think that the re- what really suffered there was that I wasn't 100% clear on 
what he was doing or no. why. You know, I know. I think I think was. a big part of of what lets down all the Wachowskis films is that neither one of them is good at dialogue. In the first Matrix, that's not a problem because, like I said, it's mostly exposition. It doesn't need to be all Tarantino quips and groundbreaking lines because we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. As long as it doesn't sound terrible, you know where you where you stand. And if it's delivered with heart, it works. And a film like this, which is trying to be more meta and more tongue-in-cheek, there wasn't enough sharp dialogue to sell a lot of it. And then even for the scenes that I think were supposed to be serious with him... He was not given the best dialogue to sell them. But David Mitchell wrote this. He's a novelist. Like, this <laughs> this isn't even written by them. It's not even oh, written wow. by the same people. Oh, wow, okay. Well, the that's a surprise because, like, I mean, I was, the dialogue for me just didn't work most of the time. I, what really annoyed me is that some of the dialogue worked really well. Like, the coffee shop sequences were really good. Like, I really, again, a touch on the nose at times when she was being Do you think his like, assistant was supposed to be initially Jonah Hill? I think he looks like Jonah Hill. I feel like it was written again, for Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill said no thanks or was busy. I feel I feel like they cast somebody who looked like Jonah Hill to make you feel like that. Yeah, like, ma- yeah, maybe. I hate this film. <laughs> and this is the issue is that you get into is that like, I like if you'll be, it's like you said about the half in the bag thing. If you're being generous, you can write a lot of the problems off as being like, I think it's completely feasible that Warner Brothers came to them and said, you have to make a Matrix sequel. Well, we I don't know if you've seen, actually, you. Collider had an article that a document leaked where essentially, I'm not even surprised Warner Brothers even did this, but Warner Brothers let the Wachowskis know we are in pre-production on Matrix 4. You Either you're in or you're out, but it's happening. We own the IP, it's yeah. going to happen. So... It's 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 out. It's it's there. It's official. It was going to happen regardless. Now the thing for me is, I think Fishburne, Moss, and Reeves all have previously stated, like even before this was a discussion, you know, five or six years ago, we would only ever return to the franchise if the Wachowskis were involved. So, at best, Warner Brothers were going to have to just do a complete reboot anyway because they wouldn't have had the original cast or the original directors back. So. Lana Wachowski's thing of haha aren't sequels shit. You could have just <laughs> let them prove sequels are shit without you, and you wouldn't have had to be part of the desecration of your own franchise. You could, but like it like it's kind of a it's also kind of a how deep does it go kind of thing. So you can write off a lot of its problems. So if you accept the idea that they didn't necessarily want to make a sequel and that they would rather have made maybe like, cause I think that they've explored all the interesting action that you can in the matrix film. So I could buy the idea that they would rather have made a matrix film. Have which didn't though? have any action. Se- yeah. The reason, yes, I, the reason I question that is because it's right. It's, it's a nowhere near in the same league, but for the past decade now, fast and furious have found insane ways for people to jump off cars midair and into airplanes and banks and blah blah so if if a franchise that unoriginal can do it i'm sure the wachowskis could find new ways to contextualize really imaginative action set pieces if they wanted to but it's diminishing returns like whatever they do with the matrix they are trapped within the framework of the original matrix and it's never going to be the original matrix because you can't create something that 
blows people's minds like that. I you guess. can't. Not not without using new characters. Because in fairness, what I would say is they've already stepped up the action from The Matrix and made a better action film. It's called Speed Racer. Nobody likes it. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Um, because because it doesn't have The Matrix written on it and it doesn't have all the characters from The Matrix. But, like, I, I kind of buy the idea that they were like, we'd like to make a Matrix film without any action scenes, but we can't because Matrix has to have action scenes. Let's just make them all shit. <laughs> like I, I honestly, I kind of, I, I like, I kind of, I'm willing to accept the idea that maybe they wanted it to do this badly because they don't want any more Matrix yeah, films maybe. made, yeah. and they were like, let's just make a bad sequel. Yeah, that people it's hate. it's a bit Kill like. It. It's a bit like I'll do the housework really badly so they'll never ask me to do the housework again. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's the problem with this is that, like, if you're being generous, you can take everything that's wrong with it and be all like it was on purpose. Yeah. They, they, they meant to do that. It's meant to be, it's meant to have bad action sequences. It's meant to be confusing. Morpheus is meant to have no real purpose. Bugs is meant to get shoved to the side at the end. Neo's, you're not meant to know where they're going or what they're doing because, yeah. because you know, like in the Fast and the Furious, it doesn't fucking matter where no. we're going or what we're doing, does it? It just matters. There's cool cars. So maybe if, if Neo and Trinity just have a cool bike chase, that's all that matters. Maybe I'm not supposed to understand. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I really like that bit at the end where she where she like busts his jaw and slashed his throat open. That was really cool. I really liked I really liked that little glimpse of the fact that when Neo got the powers of the one, he was always a bit like, I'm going to do Kung Fu. And the second Trinity gets them, she's all like, I could just fucking slash people's throats and break the jaws. Because <laughs> actually, in a lot of ways, she's always been kind of better at this than him anyway. Yeah. And so I totally buy that she would be like much more efficient and better with his powers than he was. Like um, like, I don't know if I like it. I the more I think don't. about it, the more I think maybe I did enjoy it. Yeah, I but in the moment, I was definitely a bit like, I'm bored. Like, <laughs> um, but like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's really clever. Like, I'm, 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 I'm going to watch the half in the bag review. Maybe I'm with them. Yeah. Um, no, that, maybe it's, I'm, so maybe it's I'm, funny because one of them starts off and he says, it was all over the place, tonally inconsistent. Some of the acting is terrible. And I love it so, so much. Like his face yeah. just lights up and then he proceeds to just rant about how brilliant and meta it is for 20 minutes. And they're both saying how, you know, it's a it's a deconstruction and it's a commentary on the way studios treat IP now and almost, almost a commentary on audiences as well. And I don't, maybe it is. Maybe I'm... I don't know anymore. I don't know. And that motherfucker's like, reboot sell. Yeah. Just do a reboot. <laughs> um, I really like that sequence where, where Jonah, not Jonah Hill, introduced him to Tiffany at the coffee shop. And that kid was just all like, stop trying to bone my mum. See, that was um, the thing. I, I was like, was... just doesn't feel like the Matrix to me. No, well, that's the thing. Is but it felt like the Matrix right up until that kid turned around and went, stop trying to bone my mum. And I was like, maybe that's a commentary on internet culture. <laughs> and how and how no matter how seriously you try and take something, someone's always just gonna talk about banging somebody's mom, yeah, aren't they? Um I really liked the her husband was called Chad, like the uh like like the like the incels thing that men are called. Yeah. Um and like I thought that as well, like uh I really liked the the like that bit where he was all like, Come on, honey, we've got to go and help our daughter. And she was all like, fuck off. <laughs> I never want 
it to have children. Um, I really, I thought that that was, there were bits of that that were really personal. And I assume probably like really for Lily and Lana, well, not, not Lily's not there, but obviously for Lana, I, I imagine that there's a lot of extremely complex feelings about gender and yeah. expectations related to gender that, that were pushed that were pushed to the surface there which i thought were really interesting and like there were little bits of that that i was like this but then what i always wonder is it's not their style to go hey here's what we're talking about yeah cuz i mean that's like, the thing so it gets it almost gets mockingly brought up in the frat boy brainstorming session when someone says what is the matrix it's about trans rights it's about, and it's like okay are you saying that we all read too much into that? Are you saying we didn't read enough? I'm. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Like crypto, they're, they're, they're briefly they're all like crypto fascism. Yeah, and it extends. I'm like, but like that's it's a expand? really really big thing to just chuck out in a quick thing. Yeah. Like, what? How am I supposed to feel about that executive? Like, I don't know. And but like. What I think is interesting is that of all their films they've ever made, The Matrix is probably the most straightforward, the original yeah. Matrix. It is, it's quite on the surface. And actually, especially the second and third ones in the Animatrix, they are much more like, here are many ideas. You, We've got some ideas about them, and we're going to give you some information, but a lot of this is down to you. Yeah. What do you think? How do you feel? And I wonder how much of this is supposed to be up for our interpretation, yeah. because... We've talked about it for a long time. It's true. You know, it's funny. It makes there. me think of so maybe God, maybe a decade ago now. But when the film American Gangster came out, Jay Z was actually tasked with doing the soundtrack. So the soundtrack is a concept album where he raps from the perspective of Denzel Washington's character Frank Lucas, and he has a track called Ignorant Shit, which is slightly not in the theme of the album, but it's about basically being Jay Z. And he starts off by saying you as an audience are so confusing. If I do something like Big Pimping, you say, wow, he's the greatest rapper of all time. But when I actually try and do something introspective, everyone's like, Jay-Z's lost it. He's fallen off. So he's like, all right, I'm going to really confuse you. So the song's called Ignorant Shit. And it's basically just three verses of him being like, I love women with big titties and firing my gun. And you know, this is stupid, but I bet you love it. And like, I feel like, is that what this film is doing? Is it saying we tried to give you really conceptual yeah. masterpieces and we tried to play with form and genre and you wrote us off. So I'm just going to give you the big dumb guns and the people punching each other. Yeah. I don't and it know. Does feel I don't like know. It, it does feel like, it feels like Metal Gear Solid 2 to me. It feels like somebody being all like, hey, you want a reboot of the Matrix, do you? You want just the same story from the first one? Well, here you are. It's not very good, is it? <laughs> and it's a bit like... <laughs> I don't know, maybe... I, I, yeah, I think like, you might be right. I, I, Yeah, I think you've kind of convinced me that maybe that's... Yeah, I, and I genuinely... For. I honestly think that I really... One thing I really do believe is I really think she might have been all like, oh, I'll give you another Matrix film. Yeah. I'll give you another Matrix film that makes sure there ain't going to be another Matrix film for 20 years. I almost feel like the post credit should have just been... They should have made the credits as long as possible. Like, I made them super slow. Then the post-credits is just Trinity with a middle finger up. And then she walks off. (laughs) That's what you wanted. Well, yeah. And also, there's kind of like... There's also a level at which some of the stuff in it, like like, um, Smith and Morpheus, feels kind of like sequel bait. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels kind of like, oh, well, this is stuff that we can explore. I'll tell you what, as much as I've bitched about this film... I will. I would watch the Smith goes on a road trip spin off of this. 
where, where he just can't figure out if he just wants to like choose violence or settle down and have a family. Yeah. <laughs> Do I hate the whole world and want it to be destroyed? Or is this yeah, kind of all right for me? Um, yeah. And like, like it feels bits of it feel like sequel bait, but then also bits of it feel like defiantly non sequel bait. Like they're being like, no, this is wrapped up. This is done. We don't need any more Matrix films. And I can't work out whether, like, whether they, whether they've even considered the idea of another. She's spoken about it publicly, and she came to agreement there won't be another film. Nice. Okay. Because I kind of feel I like I think it was even written into this that if she came back, she would. They they would have to agree. I think I can't remember what the the time span is. There's been a time span put on it that they can't make another. I can't make another one until Keanu Reeves is dead. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know about Back to the Future, but what's interesting about that is they can't make another Back to the Future without Zemeckis' permission for as long as he's alive. Okay. And I imagine what he's probably going to do, just being spiteful, is like he'll probably sell the rights to his kids on his deathbed. <laughs> what I always, what I, always, I always thought that the first Matrix film kind of felt like it didn't need or want any sequels. No. But then it was so successful that it had to have sequels. Yeah. And then the sequels, they're all like, hey, wh what do we do with sequels to this shit? And, and everyone was like, well, this isn't very satisfying, is it? And they were a bit like, yeah, no, it's like, we've got a lot of ideas. But like, when you start cracking open the things that were sealed up in the first Matrix film, what you get is a lot of weird ideas <laughs> yeah. that don't necessarily coalesce together very well into a Hollywood movie. Yeah. And like this feels like it's circled back round and planted us in the exact same place as the first movie, yeah. where it's like, hey, it feels like there should be an interesting sequel here but I'm almost certain that whatever sequel you made would not be satisfying yeah. for the audience. It's like, it's, it's like if you look at something like Zion still pisses people off today and it is kind of awful and cheesy, but then it makes sense for everything they've told us about where we are as a society. How else would that place look? How would they dress? What would they eat? It all makes sense. It just looks stupid with the contrast of this shiny sci-fi this, you know what future world that's there so like you said there's too much stuff that it's a great idea if you tap into it it completely just breaks the whole thing open and it's all a bit of a mismatch of ideas and genres and styles and what do you do with it well my question as well about the matrix sequels was always when people were like oh that rubbish i was always like well, what else do you do like literally like now that neo's because you could you could lazily depower him, which is what they do in this one. Mm -hmm. You could be all like, oh, well, he doesn't have the one's powers anymore, but that's not satisfying. And as soon as you give him, as soon as you have a sequel where the protagonist is Superman, you get into a situation where it's like, well, how do we have any stakes here? How do we have any tension? And the answer is that the only real tension in the Matrix Reloaded is bits when Neo's not there. Yeah. Like they're often just kind of waiting for him to come back. And that's really weird. And that feels really weird. And you feel really remote from the protagonist. But how do you avoid the protagonist feeling remote when they've got superpowers? How do you... Like, it's... Like, I really love this Matrix sequels because they kind of go, okay, so he can beat anybody up. How does that help us? And the answer is kind of like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't because a lot of our problems are in the real world where he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. And even in the Matrix, like being able to beat up three agents, like, who, like what, what does that give us? Yeah. Um, and then they find that kind of what it gives them is access to that second layer of programs. People like uh, Seraph and Keymaker and the Keymaker and the Merv and stuff who are like, okay, so these are like the programs who you could never have got near before because you wouldn't have been allowed to. Yeah. And then you and then you talk to them and you go, okay, so 
what do you want? And they say, what we want is weird computer stuff that you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, because it's that question, isn't it? Of like, when you try and depict something that is more complex than humans, how do you do that in a form that humans can comprehend? Because your choices are either dumb it down to the point where it's no longer something more complex than humans, or it's fucking confusing as yeah. shit. <laughs> and and that's what they go with. It's incredibly confusing because the computers are talking at a speed that we can't comprehend. And they're thinking in a way that we don't understand. And then everybody walks out of the cinema. Cause and effect. We, and then everybody walks out of the cinema all like, well, that was that was stupid. I didn't understand it. <laughs> and then actually, then you watch it six times and you're like, hey, you know what? The architect's speech does make quite it a makes lot of sense. sense but yeah. I had to, but it took me, but it took me two years to process <laughs> it. Because I'm not a computer. Yeah. And that I think like it was like even things like the Maravanchian, I I love the idea of he their stakes aren't his stakes because he just wants to hang out with people in PVC and make girls come from cake so like he's like yeah. none of what you're talking about interests me in the slightest and i love the idea of that but in a big hollywood blockbuster you can't stop to have that sidetrack where you realize that not everyone in the world shares neo's vision because you have to mm. get back to neo's vision so like you say there are all these great ideas you just can't i don't know oh, i love the matrix well I he's also the matrix <laughs> Like the Merv has been through cycles of the Matrix to the point where he's been like, all that really matters is having a nice time right now. Yeah. Everything else is everything else is ephemeral. Like, you know, you can try and change the world, but they'll just reset it. You can try and make that you can do whatever you want. But really, if I'm having like a really nice meal right now, that's all that really matters, isn't it? Yeah. And like and I really like that idea about him. And I really liked his appearance in this one where he was like, fuck you. I used to be rich. I used to be I had werewolves. Now I'm covered in rags. Well, then, but also it seeks into him giving that weird speech where he's being all like, movies used to be good. Now you're just on your phone all day. And he's like this whole avatar of like this bitter version of the past that like, that thinks that that always there's always somebody older who thinks that now is crap. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and 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 like, I thought he was like, I thought it was really weird that him and his mates were like dressed as the cast of Hook. I wasn't really <laughs> sure what was going on there, but you know, whatever. Like, yeah, like that's the thing is that there is so much in this to talk about and to think about that I think it's probably something that I would reckon. I would def what I would definitely say is, you should go see it for yourself. Yeah, you should. You should you should give it a crack because we might I, even it's, we it's, might even revisit this at some point. Um, yeah, because my head hurts now. And it's full marmite. Like everybody either thinks it's fantastic. Or yeah, I'm not even. Shit. I was going to say let's wrap this up, but we're not even going to rate it because I know we won't see eye to eye on the rating. Go see it and tweet us and, and tell us what you think at panels and bars. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the rating is. Just just quickly, I'll tell you what the rating is. It's either zero or ten. Yeah, like, that's it. That's I can't it. tell you which one it's going to be for you, but <laughs> I would bet that it's either zero or ten out of ten yeah. for, for everybody. Yeah, because, it like, is my mate. I think it's. I think it was enjoyable. I'm, I, the more we've talked about it, the more the more I'm coming. You, I'm, I'm saying so you've done a really good job of convincing me. Maybe I don't completely hate it, and I might. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's great. Like, <laughs> maybe it's maybe the best just, film ever made. <laughs> maybe we just need to watch it like five times and read a lot of comic books yeah. about it. Like you know, like that's that's what happened with the second and third ones. Yeah. So you know, I definitely feel like there's a lot of trolling going on. Patrick, what's really good this week? Uh, okay, so I've got a couple of things. So I bought, and this is this is pretty niche, but I bought a, a visual dictionary of Dragon Ball 
So it is it is a selection. It's like a hardback book of all of the cover illustrations from every issue of Dragon Ball okay. for the eleven years that it was that it was published. And it comes with like a little bit of context about like what was happening in the franchise each year. And then it's got this weird thing where so he went on hiatus for like 11 years or something like um where he stopped doing dragon ball and just did other stuff and then came back to it and so it's got each one of those years in the in the timeline with just like blank page so like where it's like he drew this one picture of goku yeah it's just just like he drew a picture of goku in 2000 2008 and it's just like like what and that's and that's it and then it and then it cuts back in around 2011 2012 when the new movies came out and it's all like hey we've got a shit again like look he sketched boo in a napkin yeah um but it's really it's it was only like 30 quid which is all right for hardback mm. visual lecture it was and it's really beautiful nice. um and the other thing me and logan have been watching well I, me and beth are watching gilmore girls um okay. again i've watched it probably like three times maybe you're, uh, you're a braver man than i i think laura lee is one of the most annoying characters in television history i don't know everybody's uh, what i've really found over the course of my life is that like this is a tv show that men are all like i can't watch that it's just girls on the front of it it's, it's about like, no, it's not about that. like i i like most of the cast i just think she oh she grinds my gears i really like lauren graham i think she's funny and yeah, so like we've been watching it through. We've watched some of it with Logan as well, uh, where he initially was all like, what is this? And I was all like, make it a chance because what you'll find is that um, there's some really, really solid comedy in that show, especially Sean Gunn. He is so funny, like, and he never quite stops. Like every single sequence he's in is really, really funny. And obviously now we know him from from Hollywood movies and from being James Gunn's brother, but he is absolutely brilliant in this there are just scene after scene there was this bit where he was like i've got a lot of uh beautiful rings to sell um and and this guy was like oh okay well i need a ring for my girlfriend so uh so cool let's have a look and he opens this box and he's showing him all these rings and then and then kirk's just like uh yeah you know like i've got loads of these and looks like well where did you get them from and he's like oh well i uh i make friends with with really old ladies um <laughs> And it looks like what? And he's all like, "Yeah, well, you know, really old ladies—they need friends because all their friends are dead because they're really old. Um, and then when they die, they they leave me their jewelry. And it's just, and it's just this whole like weird side diversion where he's like, he's like got this kind of strange habit of making friends with old ladies and then inheriting their jewelry that's never mentioned again, and it's never brought up again, and he's never selling rings again, and it is just an absolutely." gold little bit of comedy yeah. and there's like there's loads of stuff like there was a subplot in the episode we watched the other day where it was three scenes and in the first scene one of the characters came to his wife and was all like oh my god you know that allotment we own somebody's grown loads of weed there what the fuck are we gonna do this weed and they were both like freaking out like now we've got all this weed but like what, what do we do like what if the police find out how do we get rid of it all? and then midway through the episode there was a scene where they were at home and they had three four bin bags full of weed and they were just being all like okay so we've moved it off the allotment what the fuck do we do now like we've got like we've got like 30 grams worth of weed what do we do and then in the final scene of the show they were just like running through the town at night with these big bags of weed <laughs> being all like i don't know where to take them and it was just like it was it was really neat like it was just three short scenes each one like a minute long that created this little c plot that was really funny and there's loads of like it's really tightly written and um and it's got a really nice ensemble cast it's great it's very good and it's old and 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 men don't like watching it but i would say 
in whoever you are, it's very worth giving it a shot because okay. I really like it. Uh, it's one of my favourite TV shows. Um, and me and Logan have been watching My Hero Academia. Still. Academia? Yes. Well, we had a little bit of a break because Logan was playing games and we were kind of like, we, we, we were in Christmas and stuff. Uh, but we've cut back in and uh, it's kind of, we've got to a point where there's like... Um, they were there where we, we got to about episode 50 uh, and it's kind of the culmination of like the first arc of this series. And it is like, we watched an episode last night where we had to pause it afterwards so that we could both sit there and be all like, fuck, that was good. Wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was so good. Like as a superhero story, as uh, as an anime series, it is just incredible and it's really well paced and it's really like what it really does well we were saying last night is it really answers you know like you know when you're like oh well why wouldn't captain america come and help why wouldn't superman come and help the flash with that or whatever like it's very rare in mha that one of the more powerful heroes doesn't just show up like if something bad starts happening one of them just turns up and it's all like hey i'm here to help because i'm a superhero (laughs) who cares about danger that they show up a lot and, and it's really satisfying because a lot of anime series have this thing where they'll go, oh, I'm in danger. Somebody's going to come help me, but I need to stall for time until they arrive. And then you'll get a lot of stalling and a lot of, oh, are they going to die for like a triumphant entrance? Uh, and MHA is really good for that triumphant entrance being like five minutes into the episode. They'll be like, oh no, we're in danger. And then one of the main heroes who you really care about will be like, I'm here, bam, <laughs> let's fight. Um, and that, yeah, like it's it's really well paced. It's really, really well animated. More and more as we're getting through it, I think that it might be the best animation I've ever seen. Okay. And I like, you know, it's 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 like it's I don't know. I mean, it's not because it's all digital. It's not quite like Akira twenty four frames a second quality animation, but it is it, like it's not quite the Iron Giant. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I prefer traditional cell animation to modern digital animation. But in terms of modern digital, like 2D, but done with the computer animation, I think it's the best I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, like, I, I, I think you should watch it um, okay. because you'd like it. You definitely would. So cool, what have you been watching? So funny enough, I'm not a fan of, it's not that I'm not a fan. I've never really checked out Supernatural. But one thing I've always really liked, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Scooby-Doo Supernatural crossover is very, (laughs) very, very good. And it's very, very funny. And a big part of what makes it funny is that, so the characters from Scooby-Doo meet the Supernatural characters and Supernatural characters are like, oh, so that thing that you came across is this demon. And instantly the Scooby-Doo character is like, what? demons are real (laughs) yeah and they instantly all have like this existential crisis and break down and they're like ghosts are real what the hell and it lasts for like most of the episode we're like scooby and scrabby once they've got some food in them scooby and shaggy once they've got some food in them they're just like cool let's go solve this mystery but like velma that basically has a psychotic episode And it's just the comic timing is great. The animation style of it is fantastic. So like I said, I've never actually watched Supernatural and I've heard Supernatural is very good. It's very funny. It's very meta, but I've never watched it. I'm I'm quite a big Scooby-Doo fan and I was having a run through the movies. The movies are all insane if you've never watched them, by the way. Like there's there's Scooby-Doo in WWE. There's like Scooby-Doo meets Batman and Robin. There are loads of weird crossovers. 
And what's great about them is you, you've obviously seen the live action ones, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I don't understand Scooby-Doo. Well, Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the big James Gunn live, live action movies, he enjoyed the role so much that for the past decade, he's still been playing Shaggy. Wait, James Gunn did those movies? Yeah, the first two. So we'll get into it another time because I can talk about these films forever. But they were originally written as R-rated films, which Warner Brothers loved. And then I think they tested some of the early ideas and they were like, yeah, no, seven people are going to watch these films. We can't have them R-rated. So they made him scale it back to PG-13, which he really didn't want to do. But by that time, you know, he was locked into contracts. You've got to do what the studio wants. So there is a script out there for both those films that are very much the James Gunn we know and not really what we got. And there's some stuff that snuck through, but he originally wrote them as like, because you know, it was it was that era when like Starsky and Hutch was rebooted as an R-rated yeah, comedy. Yeah, all those yeah. things, all those old properties were being remade. And so he kind of, he thought, if there's any chance I can get it done now, it's got to be this time. And like I said, Warner Brothers originally said, oh, we love this script. And then they got cold feet when they realized, well, if it's R-rated, you can't sell McDonald's toys and things like that. Sure. So it was a shame. But yeah, those films are James Gunn films. But I would recommend any of those animated films from that period of time and the series Scooby-Doo and Shaggy Get a Clue, which is amazing and really leans into the fact that Shaggy's just a massive pothead. And there's like a lot of mysteries that don't get solved because they leave it to Shaggy and he just like loses the mystery machine or gets rid of evidence by accident. It's very, very funny. This is blowing my mind. I, I, I really was not expecting you to be all like Scooby-Doo. I, I honestly like that wasn't... And then I was recently recommended a series called Yellow Jackets. In the States, it's on Showtime. I don't know where we have it, but it's basically about a girls' soccer team that are doing really well and get flown on a private jet to the national finals. The jet crashes and they have to survive. So it's basically a female Lord of the Flies. And so what it does is it bounces back and forth from the initial accident, which I believe happens in 1996, to now. And so you're getting drip fed the information so you don't know at this point in time just who survived who hasn't and what state they're in and so you've only seen a few of the current survivors one of them is running for office so you get the feeling she's really paranoid about people finding out what really happened on on the island one of them is a mum who's trying to hold it together and just live a normal suburban life but clearly there's cracks there and then there's two more one is an addict who I think she had issues in her childhood already, but the accident definitely didn't help. And then the last one is a very unhinged character played by Christina Ricci, who is fantastic. Ooh. And yeah, I, I had a, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm about four episodes in. I think there's eight episodes of aired so far, and I think it's going to be a season of maybe 10 in total. But because they're only up to eight, I'm pacing myself so that hopefully by the time I get to eight or nine, nine and 10 are out. But yeah, Yellow Jackets, I would recommend it. It's um, a lot of fun. Okay. doesn't take yourself too seriously. I think there's a good mystery there. All right, so. yeah. Oh, God, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. It's got, Juliet, it's got Juliette Lewis in it. Yeah. Okay. The, well, the, oh, the, never... the young actors who play the younger versions of the characters in the flashbacks are really good. There's also just some really impressive visual effects. Somebody loses a limb at one point, And I was so sure watching it that they just had hired someone who had, had lost a limb that I was talking to a friend and they were like, oh, no, no, he's he's got all his limbs. I've, I watched him on this show. And I was like, what? Because the CG is insane. Like, so there's some really good visual effects, some really nice cinematography. Yeah, sharp script. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, absolutely. I'll give that a go. I've never never even heard of that. I'll find out if it's possible to watch it in the UK. Yeah. 
Uh, Go for it. If not, I guess we'll have to uh, work out some other way to acquire <laughs> there are always it. ways. But yeah, that's us. Next week we'll cover just Spider-Man because we have thoughts. Yes. Many, many thoughts. Yeah, we'll cover that next Sunday. And uh, well, obviously not Sunday for when it's released for everybody else, but it's Sunday for us. Yeah, in, in we record it on Sunday and you get it when you get it and you'll be grateful for it. So um, and now and now you have to sing the uh, the Big Brown Horse Network theme song. <laughs> Big Brown Horse podcasts. Lovely, thank you. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> I expect you to cut that in at the start now of all of them. Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening to Paddles and Bars, a production of Big Brown Horse Networks, and Patrick and I will see you next week. Bye. See you. Bye.